your mom goes to college. <laughs> your mom goes to college. You know, we came up with a name for this podcast. It's oh. called Your Mom. Your Mom. That's right. Your Mom. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. decided to title this your mom and the reason is because you're here at camp daniel because uh, yeah this past week it was your mom's funeral yeah. so well not well her internment the burial right was he was here in wisconsin yeah funerals in florida right and they had an open casket for her down there and then my dad is buried up here a couple hours away and um and so when my mom married married franklin would that be my stepdad no that'd be my Stepdad. Stepdad. So when she married him, I don't know, years and years ago, um, they had made up their mind, you know, they're going to each, he's going to be buried by his wife and my mom would be buried by my dad. And so then they had to ship her up here and I couldn't afford to um, make it down to go to both. And I, I want to send out a real special thank you to all the happy lifers and the people that, that helped me be able to even get out here to Camp Daniel. And um, so my brother flew all the way up from Florida, and then I flew all the way out from Washington. And we tried to get my sister here, but she just she just couldn't pull them both off. So she went down to the open casket. But So I said, hey, man, you need to come out to Camp Daniel, and let's mourn together for a week, man. Let's hang out and help each other through this thing. And, and um so he flew out here, and we stayed, and you, like you always do, you put us up, and you let us drive your car all the way around so we could afford it. You even fed us, and it was just really cool. I, it's been years since I've seen my brother, and so I got to hang out with him for a while. And so thanks, Tony, for letting me do that, but, you know, it was your mom. Yeah. I don't want to say it was fun because it was your <laughs> right. mom's you know, burial, right. but, but it was uh, – I, I thought this week was uh, – you've been here a week, right? Yeah. It's been a it's been a interesting week, but it's been a really good week, and yeah. so I think what would be interesting in this podcast, I think it's always interesting to understand somebody's family because it helps you know much more about them. So I've heard about your brother, but meeting your brother and being able to hang out with your brother for this past week, and you and seeing you together and seeing how so many ways you're alike and <laughs> how so many ways you're different, um, I just think it's always interesting and. I work with family daily with my children yeah. who are on staff here. My parents are here. So my, and my sister, my, my whole family's around. So everybody knows everything about my family seemingly and knows my family. So, um, but for a lot of people, I don't know that they know your history and your family. So maybe we could just go into just a short version of that sure. and, and take us then into this week and, um, one of the interesting things, as soon as we picked up your brother, the first conversation down at O'Hare a week ago, as we drove out of the airport, was you both talked about maybe we're not grieving right because you mm. weren't feeling the feelings you thought you should feel. Yeah. But 
it seemed like an incredible week of grieving that you both had in your own unique way because there's no right way to grieve. It doesn't have to be tears and it doesn't have to be, I mean, it can be a million different feelings. Yeah. But watching that I thought was cool. Watching it, you two do it together. Um, every night when I laid down after that and talked to Carol, it was, I kind of just rehashed how it was cool. I, I enjoyed uh, being witness to that. So, um, and what I know of your parents that uh, they were incredible servants, um, serving God and serving God's people uh, through really being um, medics in churches that needed yeah. some incredible help. So, um, give us a brief history of a two-minute history of your life. Okay, you were born in. I was born in Chicago, actually. My parents got the heck out of there right away, <laughs> but I still found them, and I uh, chased them all around the country. My dad and my mom would travel around and do what I'm doing now, actually. Uh, they were motivational speakers. Uh, they were called evangelists. They would travel around to um, churches. They would do kids' camps. When he graduated from Bible college, there's all these people trying to get jobs as pastors, and, and there was almost more pastors than there were churches to have them. And so my dad just said, where's there a need? And he saw, felt that there was a need in, in, in speakers for, for kids, children, and stuff like that. So he went to the library, learned magic, learned ventriloquism, and, and just started around speaking at kids' camps and traveling. And so when I was born, I was always a part of that. And uh, with my first boy, Jordan, I was able to make him a part of it when I did it. I, my other boys haven't gotten been as much of that because I haven't done as much travel at home as I did with Jordan. So I grew up with that. And then when I turned um, six and it came time to, to start school, they decided to become pastors at a church so I could be in school. And, and where was that at? That was in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, go cats, Emaw, every man a wild cat. And I was going to end up going to school at Kansas State University. Uh, my dad was a pastor there. And my dad, my dad and mom were incredible people. They're incredible pastors. But every six years, they moved. Every six years, there was another church. And I asked them, you know, every time they'd come to a church, they'd be there for six years and they would go. It's because God would always call them into a church that was in a hurting situation. Something bad had happened maybe with a pastor before. Or they, were in a, they were in a hole that they couldn't quite get out of. And my dad would show up and he was a very loving, patient man. You know, um, when things started getting really good, then God would call him on. Well, it's because he would bring health to them, and then God would bring somebody else in to carry that baton on to take them to a, another level, and he would find another group of people somewhere that were really hurting and send my dad in there and my mom in there. And my mom was, she's the man, boy, she could love like nobody's business. She could host parties and she would invite the whole church over to her house for Christmas. And mm -hmm. I mean, she started making cookies in July for the Christmas. <laughs> and they were all free cookies, all homemade, didn't go to the store, didn't go to Costco, buy any of them. She made them all. And, um, so you were in Kansas from age six till, till 12, 12. And then where was the next? And then they moved to uh, Mason city, Iowa. You know, and I was there from um, 12 to almost 18. Huh. These are rough numbers. Sure. Um, uh, and, but then my senior year, when I was finally really starting to, you know, I only wanted one thing in high school, honestly. I wanted to be popular, which I think is really kind of a, it was a dumb goal for me. I, I should have wanted to make people happy or I should have, but I just wanted to be popular. And my senior year, I started just truly being who I was because of, um, we've talked about this before, but because a teacher in my life and a cheerleader that befriended me, um, they really turned me into just to be who I was meant to be. And then I started getting friends naturally because I was just being myself. And 
I'd be one person at church because my dad was the pastor and I'd be the life of the party. But then I'd go off to school and I was very um, kind of down on myself and stuff. And so I really started to make a lot of friends and get popular. And then God called my family on to go to St. Cloud, Minnesota, hmm. you know, and uh, I was mad uh, for an entire year. And then I graduated from this. So two weeks into my senior year, I had to say goodbye to my friends and go off there. But I'm telling you, something happened in my life in that year that made me who I am today. I mean, I got closer to God and my family than ever before, even though I was angry that entire year, you know. And then they were in St. Cloud for seven, maybe eight years, I think a little bit longer, because Dad really wanted to build a church. And uh, that was the thing back then. You know, every pastor wanted to build a church, you know. So he got to build a church, but then God called him on, said, you need to go. And then so how many down. years was he in St. Cloud? I think he was probably in there uh, eight, six, eight years. I don't know. It's all a blur now. And then where, from where did he go, St. Cloud to? To Florida. Florida. Yeah. To pastor a church there? Or? No, he had, he had no idea why. Huh, he just went there. People would say it was really stupid. And uh, my family would probably say it was really stupid because they were, like I had been connected to Mason City, they had become connected in St. Cloud. And they had a ton of friends in St. Cloud. So you have younger siblings? Yeah, a younger brother and a younger sister. He's six years younger, Rod, and Carrie is eight years younger. And so I felt bad when I went off to college and when I came home, I changed a lot because they were so much younger than me. I didn't want to hang out with them because I was a 16-year-old kid. My mom would say, why don't you take your brother? What (laughs) 16-year-old kid wants to take his 10-year-old brother? But when my brother started going through struggles in life, I I still go back to the whole feeling, like if I could have just been there and actually you know, talk to him and encourage him instead of rolling my eyes at him or whatever. And so, but we got a really good relationship, all three of us with each other. It's, it's really cool what we have. Um, but people would say it was dumb, but he felt like God told him to go to Florida. And he said, where? And he just felt like God said, go to Florida. Hmm. And so he went to Florida. He left the church, an amazing church. Huh. They was doing really well in. They just built a new building, and they were. And but they were, they were family. They were they just like every other church. She'd gotten to the point where they were really good. And but my dad obeyed, you know. And he was kind of angry too. He didn't want to go to Florida. But when he went down to Florida, all these doors opened up. It was just crazy. And then he realized later on that really he was down there to take care of my mom's family. Hmm. You know that was the biggest thing. But he went through a lot of hard knocks there, and and. Uh, so my dad was a man, and my mom and dad are people that lived on very little, and um, boy, they could make a dollar stretch into five. They could go on vacation with $100, man, and come back with change left in the pockets and fumes coasting into the driveway, you know. Um, so yeah, what else do you want to know? I mean, that's kind of my, my history. So I'm a, a problem kid. I mean, preacher's kid, <laughs> PK. <laughs> so, I mean, it, as you describe your dad, I mean, you could be describing you to me really like it would be the same like that's how i would describe you Hmm. somebody that's faithful somebody that is poor somebody that knows how to stretch a dollar somebody that (laughs) listens to god even though everybody else says it's nuts um so you you learn that first from your dad i guess so that's not something you just know i guess so i guess i never (laughs) i don't know that's that makes me feel good i mean that that yeah, thanks. Hashtag happy life. <laughs> it's interesting being around you. You don't always spot it when you're in the middle of it, right? You know, it. and when someone else point. That's why we need other people to point things out to us because right. we don't. We're in our own forest. We don't always see the trees. Yeah, it was interesting to listen to you and your brother talk about your family, and your parents, and uh, your brother several times because you're here at Camp Daniel, and he got to go on the tour and. You know, it's named Camp Daniel after my brother and my parents are here. And there's just 
So legacy is part of, right. we don't talk about it, but it's just part of what this is. And it's normally a three-hour tour, like Gilligan's Island, <laughs> right. but we turn it into like a three-day three tour, tour yeah. which is what I really wanted. <laughs> I didn't want him to get a three-hour tour. I wanted him to get every story. So I'm, I'm like, Tony, tell him this story. I've been on this tour so many times with you, and I still go on it because of all the stories of faith and things that have happened here and you know how we can still even doubt that it's going to get. I mean, when we've seen all the things that happen, it just builds up my faith every time. And I wanted my brother and sister to experience it. Don't worry, I'm going to get my sister out here yeah. one of these days and bring her family out too. But um, so that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. And it was interesting on as we toured and just had time to talk. Your brother said maybe seven, eight times said something relating to legacy and not. It was real obvious that he couldn't see that he was part of a legacy also and hmm. um so he was talking about your legacy and yeah Daniel's what's going leg- on in daniel's, daniel's daniel. legacy right and, and so it, that was bothersome to me that hmm. he, he you know he, he life has not been easy for him and has had a wife who's had cancer and just going through yeah. some stuff and so yeah. it was it was good to be here it was uh i felt honored to be able to host you know him being here and you together and, and just be part of that kind of brotherly thing that went on. Um, but as I've gotten to know you over the last 10 years, it often is something that often crops up is that, you know, in the midst of it, you don't see the incredible things, the legacy you're part of. And hmm. you talk about your parents in ways, cause it's, I think it's hard sometimes because legacy, you know, following God and listening to God, it's a hard thing. And having faith is a hard thing. And so, and it, it hurts at times. And so then I know you worry about your own kids and how you raise them. And, you know, I just even listened to you guys talk about um, how you feel that your mom just passed away and, and how you were expressing those feelings. And I thought the things you guys expressed were so honoring to your parents huh. as as it unfolded this week. And... um See, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, see, and that's, yeah. I so, just, you know, you're in what I know of your parents, and then it's through also through other friends who have were pastors here in Wisconsin and Minnesota and knew them. Yeah, I hear only incredible stories of, of uh, you know, a husband and wife who fathered and mothered a lot of people. Yeah, and true. Uh, um, no, I just found, I just found out that. Um, a friend came up, so we went to go to St. Cloud where we grew up. I want to take, Rod hasn't been there for like 30 years, you know. Hmm. And so a friend of ours that was in, you know, our church back then, and was really closer to my, my sister and my brother than me, but I still knew who she was and her parents and everything. But but um, she said that, she said, did you know, when we're, we're driving all around St. Cloud, and she goes, that right there, did you know that your, your parents picked up a person with a disability hmm. every Sunday? They would go out of the way, pick her up, and take her to church every Sunday. I was like, no, I had no idea. And I just thought that was very interesting that we've come huh. full circle now that, you know, I'm such a – I feel like anyway that I'm such a major part of Camp Daniel. It just feels Definitely. like my camp. I call yeah. it – I say us all the time, you know, and I know I'm not on staff here. Or, but I found it very interesting that's kind of come full circle now that I do so much with them. I had no idea that my parents – did that even way back in the day hmm. but it doesn't surprise me that's kind of how right. they were you know my mom it, it's a funny story because my mom is always lying as dogs i mean if my sister's listening right now i know she burst out laughing out loud <laughs> and i hope she listened to it in the office so then everyone in the office heard her but it's always lying as dog i mean we didn't even need a garbage disposal 
because anything that was left over went into the she'd save every bread bag to put stuff in she would save every cool whip container she would save every <laughs> don't throw that away we'll give it to Lina's dog and everything always went to Lina's dog the Lina's dog ate better than we did man it was just like but she would save everything and she'd find everything she could to give away to other people you know how I'm always trying to help and I'm always getting the way and people are like I don't want you to help Steve and I'm like but I want to you know well that's where I get it from I get it from my mom my mom was always about helping other people she was always a the busybody, not like in gossip, but always wanting to bless somebody, always wanting to work, always wanting to. And the hardest part for her, one reason I grieved differently, because the hardest part for her in the very end was she was stuck to her room, was just her and Franklin. And she couldn't be out there and encouraging other people anymore. That whole make someone happy and you'll be happy too. She couldn't make other people as happy like she always did in the past because right. she was, she was chair ridden. She was, she was, she was in so much, she just wasn't happy like she normally is because the poor thing couldn't she had no outflow anymore right. you know and so when she went um i was actually and i think this is good for some people to know i'm glad we're kind of talking about this because a lot oftentimes communicators or podcasters or youtubers don't always talk about when they're going through tough stuff or talk about things like this but um you know when she went, I was actually glad because she wasn't in misery anymore, right. not just physical. The last time I talked on the phone, she couldn't even use words. She just kept using groans and sighs. So I'm singing songs to her that I know that she liked, and I'm talking to her because I know she was listening to me and, and all that stuff. But but I I was honestly asking God. I said, God, I just need, I need you to heal my mom. She's in so much pain and misery and heal her either by taking all their physical ailments away or take her to heaven where she's going to be healed perfectly, you know? So when she went and I said, God, take her in her sleep, help her to go peacefully. I mean, that's what I sign up for. That's what I want to do. God, when God <laughs> takes me home, when I, when I pass from this earth to the next, I want to do it in my sleep. I mean, I can't, my dad went the same way. I can't imagine both my mom and my dad falling asleep, having a dream about this perfect place called heaven. God's sitting right there. And all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, this isn't a dream. I don't wake up. I mean, I am awake. I mean, and Franklin, you know, her husband now called up and said, you wouldn't believe the look on her face. It's just, she's so peaceful. And I thought, you know what? Poor Franklin has been dealing with a lot of her pain, emotionally, physically, all that stuff for a long time. And he had to do the same thing with his wife, his first wife. Mm -hmm. I mean, for 15 years, she was in a very difficult situation and he had to give complete care to her and all that type stuff. And now, you know, now with my mom, it was a lot of the same stuff. So when he said she had a peaceful face i'm like you know what he probably hasn't seen a peaceful face on her for probably five years and so i was really glad that god in his grace and mercy took her to heaven and took her in peace and so maybe i did all my mourning beforehand maybe some will come later on it wouldn't surprise me if that doesn't happen but you know when you said mentioned a lot of things that my brother and i were doing that was actually grieving i just guess i never saw it like that but and, you know, we always tell ourselves, we force ourselves, I shouldn't feel this way or I should be feeling this way. Right. Why do we do that? Yeah. I mean, you feel what you feel. That's the way it is. And you don't, I shouldn't be feeling that way. But you do. That doesn't mean you're a bad person right. or that you're a super good person or whatever. It just means feelings aren't right or wrong. They're just feelings. You know, it's what we do with those feelings. I think that's important. And I think we add a lot of weight onto our happy that, that hinders us a lot of times by saying, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I don't know what's wrong with me or why am I not feeling that way? I should be feeling more that way. And so, so I think of interactions we've had over the years and, uh, the days that you get to questioning, um, God's call on you and what God, ha where God has you and all the possibilities that are out there, things you could be doing, but 
aren't the things that God has allowed you yeah. to do and um, some of the things you've wanted to do even. And, um, and every time you talk about your parents, all I ever hear is faithfulness and faithfulness and faithfulness. And so a, a peaceful death and sleep for both of them that's a reward, and I, oh, I just think we get so kind of sidetracked, especially as Americans, as what success looks like, and what you know, you know what. So, so some certain pastor and his wife they started a church, and it grew from dozens to thousands, and you know they wrote books and this and that. So, is maybe there's some success in that, and and you know I don't doubt that, but that it's in of itself is not success, and. Um, I had a friend, Pastor Tom, who used to always tell me it's, you know, it's, um, faithfulness is the measure that God uses and it's not, you know, your success is not based on anything else other than faithfulness. And, um, and so I, I think you honor your parents on a daily basis by doing what you're doing. When I, I, as I watched your brother interact with you this week, I think for him, it was in some ways interacting with your parents because, you do what they did mm. um, in, in, a, in a way that you couldn't do unless you were being faithful because there's no other reason to do it because um, it's hard. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's happiness that comes with faithfulness. I think they always go hand in hand. And, um, and, and you know, well-intentioned, God-fearing and loving people question you on a almost daily basis. And I just know how hard that has to be. And I think your parents, the same thing. I mean, even you guys as kids, you talked a lot of times this week about having a lot of questions about decisions they made in both of your senior years, the big moves, things like that. Yeah. that they're painful things, but man, your life, you know, reflects them. You know, I wish I would have known them, but I feel like I do because I, I know you. Well, that, I don't think there's, we just tried to do a podcast on parenting and this is the reality of well, what does a good parent look like? when you look like your parents in the end and it's all these wonderfully loving qualities what's better than that your parents couldn't have been better parents i don't think um could they have done things differently here and there well of course we all could but right, right. you know you honor them by being and i think it's the same way we honor god by being like jesus well you know and, and it's easy to, to find people's faults it's easy to yeah. see how they could have done better how you could do better but who can't cut something down who can't be cynical that's pretty easy to spot things that are wrong but that doesn't always help a lot of a lot of stuff i mean i think it takes a lot more energy and strength and skill and wisdom to spot things that people are doing right you know because then we don't always have as much time to talk about you know the things that they're they're doing wrong so i guess the end of this is just what does grieving look like and is grieving just pure sadness and i don't really believe that it is. I think it's the rehash of life, good and bad, and um, remembering back and coming to terms with that somebody's no longer here on earth. And uh, I think you did it wonderfully. I, you know, I don't, I, I, you know, at some point is it going to hit you and you're going to cry and it's going to be sad? Well, yeah, I mean, those days always come. And it's going to be okay when they come. Yeah. So you just cry. It's part of the how You don't feel yeah. bad for feeling bad. You just feel bad. We said it some podcast ago, but I, I said, don't fight it, feel it, right, and then do something about it, you know, and so if the sad comes, then you let it come, 
You don't fight it off. I'm not going to feel sad. Like, what about Bob? I feel great. I feel good. I feel wonderful. <laughs> I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. You know, you don't, you don't try to ignore the fact that you're feeling. You just feel and then do something about it. And I know it doesn't sound like it right now, but... A lot of your words to me in this podcast were very kind, Tony, and they were very um, honoring to me and to my family. And I want to, I want to thank you for that. I almost don't know what to say about all those things that you said, but I just want you to know that they, they hit home for me, and they did really well. And I know my brother and my sister listen. Especially my brother because he's been here this last week, but I know it's going to mean a lot to him as well. Um, so, thank you for spotting those things, and not just spotting them, but telling me about him and encouraging me and all that and uh well and that's really the grieving process i think it involves it's highly personal but it involves other people when it's done hmm. in a good way in a healthy way and um so thank you for letting me be part of that and um and so i i, I guess you know i'll just say on behalf of everybody in the happy life community we you know we grieve your parents too and we are thankful they lived the life that they did because without them, we wouldn't have uh, the happy life community that we do. We wouldn't have you as we do. And, uh, um, you know, they, they, they had to be, uh, incredible people on a lot of levels and faithfulness and, uh, in long suffering, having you as a child. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so, um, and then after meeting your brother, having the two of you in the same <laughs> under the same roof, I can't even imagine. So, um, and no wonder your sister's so incredible, as you guys have been saying. <laughs> she, she was the one held all together. Like, at least we have Carrie. At least we have Carrie. In fact, I got to end it with a story. So when when we found out about you know my mom passed, and um, so I got on the phone, and then we with with my brother and my sister, and we're having a conference call there. And I was telling them about my last conversation I had with mom a few days prior where I'm talking to her and all she was doing was that sound in the background. And I just said, I don't know if that meant anything to mom, to which my brother said, no, they said that that meant a lot to her that you did that, you know. And then I, I got a little older brother on them, got a little cocky on them, and I, and I just said, well but why wouldn't she enjoy it, you know, because <laughs> I'm just so great, you know, why wouldn't she enjoy it, and then all of a sudden I got that, that little devil that sits on your shoulder, you know, and the angel sits on your other shoulder, and that little devil spoke again, I'm like, I just going to take it to the next level, you know, I said, because why wouldn't she enjoy it, and I thought, because we all know who her favorite was, you know, to which my brother in the background went, like, I'm the black sheep, <laughs> it was, it was perfect timing, man, it was, it was <laughs> And yeah, yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> well, I think it would be uh, maybe fitting to when you put this podcast up, maybe to put a picture of your mom and dad, yeah, so everybody could see. Because again, we're all one big family, and uh, the more we know about each other and each other's upbringing and families, the more uh, we are able to love each other. And and I know it's one I got to do. I got to do the one on their album. <laughs> Where she's playing the accordion and he's there. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would just like to say, Mom, I love you. Thank you for raising me the way you did. You did the best that you knew how to do. And you were very unique and very different. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you weren't the typical person, but you were the person that gave and gave and gave and gave. And you were content with being who you were. And 
I'm grateful for that heritage that you've left me. And, and Dad, the same goes for you. Thank you for being faithful and teaching me what faithful was and, and teaching me how to do all the things that you taught me how to do. So I thank God for my legacy. And thank you, Tony, for pointing that out. Thanks for honoring me by listening and being a part of my life. This is important to me, and I'm glad I got to share it with you. Awesome.